Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Spurs 82 Plus Podcast. I'm your host, CJ. Joined with me are my brothers, as always, TJ. Hey guys. And JD. How's it going? So, we've been a little late. I mean, you know, Thanksgiving happened. We had family over, so we just didn't have time to record the podcast till now. So, we got three games to cover for you today. And we did warn you, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. So, we got three games. We've got uh, uh, Spurs Pelicans. Spurs Pelicans. Spurs Hornets, and I think there's one more. You forgot Spurs Hawks. Spurs Hawks, of course. And on top of all that, we've got some breaking news, so let's go ahead and get that out of the way. All right. Um, so this Monday, tomorrow, uh, at the time of this recording, is the return of Tony Parker. Yeah, I know. We all assumed Kawhi would come back before Tony, but, but I guess nope. when Tony says late November, he means late November. Well, it's about time. Finally. Yeah, I just I just hope that like obviously we know he's going he's good to go because Pop wouldn't be letting him play if he wasn't good to go. Absolutely. I just hope that he can, you know, really contribute and that he'll help really help the offense because that's that's what we need. We need someone to be able to move the ball because as as much as we like Patty and DeJounte, Patty has always been more of a shooting point guard and DeJounte is still a little too green. I feel like we need someone to be able to distribute the ball and make plays, and Tony Parker is that guy, obviously. So having him back, I just hope that he can just do that. Absolutely. Okay, let's, uh, not that there's anything wrong with what you guys said, but let's just put our expectations in perspective. He's going to be on limited minutes. There's oh, no yeah. way he's going to go out there and play more than 15 oh, yeah. this game. Well, duh. And he's going to definitely be, uh, what's it called, slowly back reintroduced game by game. I would even argue he might not even necessarily start. I think he I, will, I but... Th- yeah. I wouldn't blame them for choosing not to start him. I mean, to be perfectly honest, you're you're getting him back, but which Tony do we have back? Is it the same Tony? Is it a shell of Tony? Is it a better Tony? We don't know yet. We're not going to know until he gets more time. As the joke goes, are we getting Tony Parker or Tony... Tony Parker or Tony... I can't say it. Tony Parker <laughs> or, Tony or Tony Parker. Porker. Thank you. I could not say Tony twice. I don't know why. How could you not say Tony twice? That's not a hard word. I don't know because it's Tony Parker and I want to say Tony Porker, but I can't say Tony Parker or Tony Porker. The, the or is t- twisting my tongue. You said it probably fine then. <laughs> I had to really work for that one. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Back to the conversation. Um... I do think it is kind of crazy, though, that Tony is back first. Yeah. I don't think any of us expected that. I think part of the problem is that Kawhi's injury is worse than we assumed it would be. Um, We all assumed that it was just one of those things where he'll rest and he'll be back after a couple weeks, and then a couple weeks became a month, and here we are. Well, Tony, you know, he came off of an injury that some people thought could end his career. It's ended other people's careers before. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that it would be that bad. But, you know, Tony's Tony. He doesn't give up. He had a goal. He made it. He came back earlier than we expected him to by a lot. We expected January. Here he is late November. We thought at best mid-December, but no, we got late November. So there you go. Hopefully he's he's doing much better in terms of like gameplay. I mean he's yeah. he's always had a great basketball IQ. It's just a matter of sometimes he'll revert to hero ball. 
when he just doesn't have right. it. Right, and I think the way the system is set up, it's going to prevent him from doing that. And the big thing is that we need that distribution. That's something that we've been struggling with pretty consistently, if you look at the games. Yeah, I think really more than anything, Tony, even though he's uh He's we we want distribution from him. He's an attacker. He always attacks the rim. Mm-hmm. He always looks to. I don't want to say he looks to shoot first, but what I mean is he always goes that if he can get that layup, he's gonna take it. But he always expects them to defend him, so he's always ready to give that pass. But he's not gonna skip an open layup, and that's something that guys like Kyle Anderson and Brim Forbes are they're starting to learn that. But that's something that we need from them, and they don't always deliver. Mm-hmm that Tony will always deliver because if you attack all the time, that leaves the defender more prone to stay on you so that you can make that better pass. So the question is how really it's not so much how will he look, but more how long until he's at full strength. Right. Cause even even really gay, even though he's been with us and he's doing great, he's had some ups and downs and we mm-hmm. know he's not fully one hundred percent yet. He's right. close, but he's not there yet. You know? Right. Right, but he's definitely getting really close. You, you could, we'll talk a little yeah. bit more about that joint when we talk about the horns. The numbers again. don't lie, just flat out. No doubt, and I guess that's the question. Do you, you think Tony will be back to one hundred percent by All Star break? Do you think my my guess, hot take, even though we haven't seen a single thing from him yet, rodeo road trip. I think that's when everyone's going to be on the same page. Definitely, yeah. Kawhi that's usually when it goes down, anyways. So I I think you're one hundred percent right. Just because that's that's the time when we all just really refocus because Rodeo Road Trip comes along and as soon as it ends, it's there's nothing but the playoffs in my mind at that point. So I'm really interested to see how that goes and stuff like that. Um, anything else we want to bring up with Tony Parker? I, I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, there's there's not much we can really say until we see him out in the court. So I think that this is something we'll follow up on next, next uh, episode, which hopefully will be a lot sooner than than the distance between this one and the previous one. My so. hope is to, I want it up by Tuesday, but realistically it'll be hopefully recorded by Tuesday. Yeah. Or on Tuesday at least, but It'll we'll probably see. be done Tuesday evening in terms of recording, so we'll probably have it up bright and early Wednesday morning is my guess. More like Wednesday afternoon because usually I get these up in the afternoon, but gotcha. still. All right. Um. Okay, moving on. Uh, let's talk about that first game, the uh, Spurs Hawks. Yeah, I mean, it was, mm, it was a game. That's the best way I can describe it. I mean, the Spurs won, which was good, but you know, it, the it was clo- a lot closer than I anyone would have thought it should have been. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna agree with that one. It really shouldn't have been that close of a game. Well, here's the thing. This is something I've kind of noticed as I'm looking at the Hawks. They're a bad team, not because of their uh, actual scoring. They're one of those teams that they have a terrible record, but it's not because they're so bad. They're not the Bulls, for example. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's just that they can't get it done, ever. Like, yeah, yeah there will be times where they'll get blown out, but there are also times when they'll they'll hang with a team, but they never, they, they never honestly have they a chance They just don't have finishers. They run out of juice before they when it comes down to crunch time in the game. Yeah, and to be fair, we did beat them by 11. So it's not like we didn't beat them by a big margin. But right. But I just feel like we should have done a little bit more. Yeah. And the big thing, honestly, was that they were having a good night and we were having an okay night. It wasn't a terrible game, but it no, also wasn't sure. like crazy either. Yeah, but it's, you know. it's, it's more that it's concerning 
based off of what was actually going on on the court during the game rather than, you know, the final score. The final score makes it look like the game was went a lot better than it actually did, if that makes sense. No, I hear you. I hear you. You know, it's just one of those games. These happen. Even even if we were fully healthy, I honestly mm-hmm. think the game would have gone the same way just because, you know, the, it's the 82-game season, and there are times when no one's feeling it. You know, that's just the way the dice roll sometimes, you know? Yeah. Speaking of, um, not to shoo us off of the, the Hawks game, but, you know, that that's exactly what was going on in, in the next game where literally we couldn't get anything. Yeah, the Pelicans game was interesting um, because they were playing two bigs with uh, DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis. And those are some really quality bigs. Mm-hmm. They just don't really have much of a supporting cast that can really put them over the top. And I think that was a game we could have won, but for a multitude of reasons, we just couldn't get it done. I think the big thing is just experience. The That's something that a lot of people, not just Spurs fans, although Spurs fans as well, but everyone as a whole seems to be forgetting that this is the youngest the Spurs have ever been. Right. So because of that, there's a lot of mistakes that normally we wouldn't make or decisions we wouldn't necessarily take because we don't have the experience we used to. Yeah, and that that is the downside to going all in with, with the current strategy, which is to rebuild and build with younger guys and surround them with a few vets. The problem is that a lot of our veterans and our top talent, I mean, we're down two of our major players in terms of terms of experience and, and skill no doubt yeah that, that's part of the reason why we're so excited for Tony to come back because even if he's not playing super hot just him being on the court will add more his presence and that just does more and I think this early season really highlights that because you know Tony has always been of the big three he's been the most underappreciated I'd agree because Tim Duncan's the centerpiece of the big three and then Manu Ginobili has the flashy plays and as the whole Argentinian community has that gold medal and all that and, you know, being a sixth man and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. he gets a lot of love. Tony Parker has always been one of those love him or hate him kind of guys. There's very much a lot of people who, because he's always had that little arrogant streak to him. Right. People feel like he's not as much of a spur as the other two. But I don't think that's fair because he's been with us his entire career. He's said nothing but good things. He does... You know, he's had some controversies, but... Of course. You know, everyone's human. No one's perfect. I'm not going to hold that over his head years after the fact, you know? And more importantly than any of that, he, he's he's a true spur. He's, mm-hmm. he's at the point of his career where he's really toning down his hero ball tendencies, and he's becoming the guy we need him to be. He's the, He is the team captain for a reason, as we've said before. Yeah. And he's got that leadership skill that we need right now. And yeah, he's been on the bench, but now he's going to be on the court, because... Being on the bench is one thing, but on the court is something else because now you get a true feel for the game. Right. Because now you're on there and feeling the momentum. So even though he might not be playing super well right off the bat, I do expect uh, at least a little improvement as a whole from the team just because his veteran experience and leadership will impact us positively. It can only impact us positively. Yeah, I agree. Um. So yeah, with the Pelicans game, that's really what we were missing, honestly. Yeah. And, you know, having two bigs to really be able to double-team LaMarcus doesn't help either. And and the thing is that they weren't just two bigs, but two really good bigs. That doesn't help either. Two of the best bigs in the league. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, to be fair, it started out pretty good. We actually were ahead, like, by 10 points, I believe. It's just that just by the second quarter, it started to fall apart. And once that happened, it was— Well, basically, they they were forcing us to play through LaMarcus and had had him pegged. 
Yeah. And I think he also got into foul trouble, which didn't help either. Yeah, that was the other thing. There was a lot of ticky-tack fouls on that one. Um, you know, not that the officiating was necessarily bad. I'm not quite willing to call it that. No, I think it's it just was, the state of the league right now, yeah. you know. We're we're in the very hypersensitive in terms of fouls uh, league just because there's a lot of fouls that Honestly, even last year wouldn't be called, but they're being called. Right. Some of that is due to uh, injuries. I think some of that is just because I've said it before, but I'll say it again. There were a lot of senior officials who are no longer here. Right. So because of that, you know, it's having to get used to this new style of refing and the newer newer refs who are not as sure of themselves as they as we're expected of them to be. Right. So you know. I can't really hold that much against everyone because it's impacting all the teams. This isn't it's not like it's a Spurs only thing. But, you know, it, it just is what it is, you know. Yeah, and it, it's something that it's it's a constant conversation, I think, throughout the entire community. I've seen more than one game, not just Spurs games, just more than one game in general where the community as a whole, especially online, just come down really hard on the refs. And the thing about it is that there are times where it's fully justified. You just have to find the balance between that. Because honestly, like some of the ticky-tack stuff, yeah, I, I get it. It's one of those things that's like, yeah, by the letter of the law, that is. It's just kind of outside of the spirit of it, so. Yeah, I can see where that is, but I think that's just the way the, the league is shifting. I think this is a temporary thing. I think they'll lax on a lot of these things. Maybe not this season, but in a couple seasons from now. Yeah. I think this is just one of those things that as the league's changing – these are just some of the rough patches. I yeah. mean, we'll we'll get used. Either we'll have to get used to it, or things will change. But I think it's interesting that this has been a a topic that we've gone over. We haven't quite gone over it every episode, but it does feel like we're getting close to it. I will say, I'm glad that this is the stuff we're complaining about, as opposed to. Um, Last year, when literally you could not watch a game without screaming at the refs every single time. Yeah, it, it has improved over last year, I feel, which is good. I will say there's probably more ticky-tack fouls this year, but they aren't like egregious. And, like and a lot of that has year. to do with, as we've said before, the fact they revised the rule set again and the rules changed in order to try and downplay some of the weird you know, workarounds that a lot of the players were, were exposing and, and for lack of a better term, overusing. Exploiting is a proper term. Right, right. But, you know, like I said, I don't really think that affected the outcome of the game. I think no, 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 not this game. So, you know, I guess that's all I really had to say on that, I guess. Yeah, it, it's just that once they got down, there was nothing they could really... I mean, they tried, but that... They really couldn't do much. They were just in a bad situation that they put themselves into because, like I said, they were up ahead at the beginning of the, of the game. They should have been able to sustain it, but they didn't, and so that's where they lost. All right, moving on, we've got the uh, Spurs and the Hornets. That was a interesting game. Fun fact, not a single Spur was in 20 points, but there were like five or six guys in 20. Double digits. Very interesting. Yeah, if I remember correctly, I believe Lamarcus and Powell both had 17 points each with Lamarcus. Oh, yeah, but they both had 17 points. They both had seven rebounds. Uh, Powell, uh, Lamarcus had four assists while Powell had three, and they both had two blocks. Those are almost identical 
stats. So let's let's talk about this because the thing about it is that this is highly unusual for this specific Spurs team. And it, I mean, this these are numbers that are correct me if I'm wrong, a lot closer to a spread that you would see on that 2014 team. When it comes to like points distribution and assists and uh, uh, stuff like that, yeah, because they were one of those teams that the the team stats were super high, but when you looked at the individuals, there really wasn't, with the exception of like Tony Parker, there really wasn't anyone who was consistently putting up that many points. Right. In terms of like 20, 25 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would agree on that mostly. I'd have to go back to basketballreference.com to say for sure, but from just a glance, I would agree with that. Speaking of players who had uh, great stat sheets, can I introduce? I know we're all we're all you know waited waiting with bated breath on Kawhi, but in the meantime, can I introduce you to your new Lord and Savior, Kyle Anderson, with five steals? <laughs> That is one thing that's been very fun to watch is the evolution of Kyle Anderson this season. He's got like 12 points. He was like, I think, two blocks and one assist away from a 5x5 five five or something like that. Yeah, it was pretty crazy, actually, to see. No, he did not have any blocks. Okay. He was two assists away from five, though, so I think that's what you're talking about. That's probably what I'm thinking. Because he had five rebounds, five steals, uh, obviously 12 points, and three assists, so it's... Okay, that's that's probably what it was. He was yeah. Point is, he had a very good game. It yeah. wasn't like he excelled at any one particular thing. No, he was just all around a presence on the court, doing work. Right, with the exception the of those steals, because right. here's the thing: anytime you get more than two steals in a game, you're having a great game defensively, yeah. at least in terms of steals. Stealing is not the best defensive measurement, but racking up that many steals just shows that you're really at it on defense. Right. Yeah. So it's not you know using steals as your metric isn't a good way to say this guy's a great defender, but when you look at individual games and see this guy got this many steals on this game, you know, this guy was doing work. Yeah. Now if there's one person who's very impressive, it's Rudy Gay. Like seriously, we have said it multiple times that when we watch these games, it's like man, you don't think Rudy Gay is doing much, but then all of a sudden you look at the stats like when did he do all this? This was mm-hmm. the ultimate game for that because I didn't really think he did much. But his stat sheet, 15 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, and 2 steals. Solid. Yeah, that's crazy. And what's funny is, that used to be me with Kawhi back in the 2015, 20, no, the 2014, no, yeah, 2015-2016 season. Um, because, because this is a... 2017-2018 season. In the 2015-2016 season, because I would see Kawhi do things. Yeah, he was that was him making his big leap as the uh, main guy, but I'd see him make some, you know, he was like, yeah, he did pretty well. Then I look at the stats, and it's like, wait, 25 points? When he made that many? Yeah, but I think what's pretty impressive, he did all of that in only 23 minutes and 48 seconds. Now, that's impressive. That's crazy, because there's 48 minutes to every game, and he only did, he didn't even play half that many minutes. Yeah. Yep. No, that's that's the thing. He's he's proving to be very efficient with with his, what he does with the time he's given. But I was told he was an empty stats guy. He also was perfect from the th- free throw line. Uh, not perfect at all from the three point line. He didn't make a single three. Oh no, point yeah, no. But he was six of ten, so that's very efficient. That's sixty uh, percent. Speaking of three point, how did uh Danny Bryn Forbes and uh Patty do this game from the three? Uh, Danny was one from three, uh, so he was cold that 
that time. Patty was 2 for 4. 50% is good. And uh, Brent was 0 for 3. He did not have a good game. What about their points? Uh, Points-wise, uh, let me check. Hold on. Because the one the sheet I'm looking at has the points cut off again. Uh, Patty had 10 and Danny had 7. Interesting. Yeah, that's pretty low for Danny in particular. I'm just seeing him float closer to 10. Like I said, he was cold. Well, you also have to keep in mind, this was a very distribution-heavy uh, game. That's also true. And if, you're, if he's not hot from three, he Yeah, he's not getting not, the ball. Yeah, because he's probably the one during the passing, kind of like... I'm going to assume his assist numbers weren't too high. Danny's? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he didn't have a single assist. But he, but if we had hockey assists, he probably would have a lot He of probably had a ton of hockey assists because that's usually what he does. The big thing is he, he moves off the ball great, so he's always eating a defender. That's the thing. A lot of defenders have started to realize they can't sleep off him now. Yeah. Now that there's been enough games to where they can watch the tape and know, hey, we got to keep on him a little more. So his numbers are going to suffer, but the team as a whole is going to benefit from it just because people are no longer sleeping on him. Right. So less double teams and that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, one thing I do want to uh, mention about this game, though, that we can't, uh, we cannot uh, overlook is the injury scale to Kemba Walker. Yeah, that was weird because it looked like he seriously hurt his shoulder, but mm-hmm. then he came back and dropped like 10 points. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Yeah, I think it just goes to show that sometimes we as viewers can, we even when we look, it looks like it's de- it's dangerous, it or like um, very serious. It really sometimes it just isn't. Like yeah, and but, the big thing is you know sometimes an injury feels way worse than it actually is. Yeah, you know what I think might have happened I know, real quick because I know I've I've uh what's it called, I know I like sprained my my shoulder or my elbow, not sprained but you know like where it kind of like hyperextends. That's hyperextension. That's not spraining at all. You know what I mean? Like a sprain is like a break. Fine, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I I know I've, I've hyperextended my elbow before, and it hurt like so badly that I was afraid it might have hurt something. But then after a while, it goes back to normal, and it's all okay. Yeah, I think it was either something like that. He either hyperextended his shoulder, or he might have dislocated it. Mm-hmm. I think he dislocated it, and they put it back in socket, and then he proceeds to drop ten because they put it back. Yeah, that's that. That could be as long as it was a clean dislocation. Usually, you can pop it back in and be fine. Obviously, pain notwithstanding, but you know. So hopefully, he it's nothing like super bad because sometimes you can play through an injury for the game and then be out for a bit. Yeah. So, well, the other thing is that you know we tend to take collisions in particular. Um, thanks to the advent of slow motion, we make assumptions about those things that aren't necessarily accurate. Um, there are some impacts that it looks really bad on the slow-mo isn't really actually that bad in reality and vice versa. There are some really weird things that you look at the slow-mo and you're like, that doesn't look like that big of a deal. But then you realize, yeah, but the way that it hits ends up causing all this damage. Right. I think a big thing is when you see those muscles kind of ripple, you think, oh, that looks terrible, but that's actually just them doing their job of absorbing the shock. Right. So sometimes it just looks ridiculous and it's not that bad. So. You know, hopefully he's uh, hopefully he's fine. He'll only, if if he has anything, he'll only take a game off. You know, mm-hmm. if, if only for preventative measures. So you know, because you know the Hornets aren't they're not one of those teams who are great, but they're also not one of those teams you wish harm on. They're not the Warriors. They're not the Celtics. They're not the oh, what's the one everyone hates? The Clippers. You know, they they just they're not one of those teams who everyone hates. Yeah. They're just one of those teams who you want to see them do well, 
they're kind of like the Timberwolves in a sense where you mm-hmm. want to see them do well, but sometimes it feels like they just can't. But, you know, so it is what it is with that. To be fair to the Timberwolves, they're currently fourth seed right now. Well, yeah, but we're, we're talking about before. Yeah, I know, historically speaking. There's still plenty of season for them to choke it away. You know that. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be the first time either. Anyways, um, is there anything else you want to talk about about any of these games? Not really off the top of my head in terms of the games themselves. Um, I did find that I was pulling my hair out during um, the second game in particular um, of this set of three where I was just getting frustrated with the distribution. I feel like that was the big thing about um, this latest game uh, was that the distribution really did improve significantly over where we were before. And I think that that's something that, that Pops got to really drill into these guys, that the distribution is is very much key to success right now. Because, And hopefully with us getting Tony back, that'll, that'll really put the patch in because that really has felt like it's been our Achilles heel so far in the season. Yeah, I agree. Mainly, and that's mainly just a symptom from the fact that um, Kawhi's out and that we have had Tony out. So hopefully, like you said, with Tony coming in, that'll help uh, fix the distribution for the most part. And then when Kawhi comes back, hopefully we'll have it all figured out to where we can just start to walk and roll. All right. Is there anything uh, outside the, the Spurs, anything around the league you guys want to talk about? Uh, nothing really major has gone on that I can think of. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, it's been pretty quiet, unless you have something. Okay, um, speaking of that, actually, I just went to RNBA to see what's up, and I was greeted by this. NBA's Golden State Warriors spied on fans via smartphone app lawsuit alleges. Uh, what's the source? Because, depending on the source, this is either bad or not even mentioned. Yeah, I don't know if yeah, this is... Yeah, what's going on with this? Okay, I'll just read what it is. Take it off a grain of salt, because I don't really recognize the, uh, what's it called. But, it's it was uploaded four hours ago. I would assume the mods, if it was uh, super unreputable, they would have taken it down by now, or at least sticky the mod post or something. So... We'll see. Um, don't take any of this as fact. This is just a rumor, or rather, a lawsuit, I guess. Um, here's a what's it called? It, the website is a, called the Daily Beast. I don't know sports websites, so it could be legit or it could be one of those tabloid sites. You know, sports websites. Freaking the Ringer. If you told some random person that one of the most trusted sports websites is called the Ringer, would they believe you? Probably not. So, sports websites are weird. But take that with a grain of salt. Here's a, what's it called, an excerpt from this. The unlikely snooping program started off as an effort to sell merchandise and ticket upgrades, the suit contends. The Warriors wanted to know when fans were on Warrior-owned property and how long they stayed there. The app tracked through this through audio beacons, quote-unquote, that played through special transmitters in the arena and stores, the suit alleges. The app listens for those beacons and sent customized advertisers to a user's phone. Now, I don't know if this is actually legal or not. Because I know the government does it all the time. <laughs> like, straight up, the, I swear, it's like, I think it was in the Patriot Act or one of those other ones where it, it's straight up legal for them to do that. I 
I'm just gonna. There's a reason people jokingly saying, "Okay, NSA X, Y, or Z." You know, it's like I know that's obviously they're not doing it at every conversation ever. But are you sure they're not doing it right now? Well, maybe there's a government agent who's a Spurs fan listening to us. But, um, you know, I know that that does happen, and freaking Google does it all the time. Mm-hmm. Google tracks your entire search history. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like this is anything new. No, this is actually something that's extremely common. The question is whether or not this specifically is legal or not, because right. they are using audio. And while it may be set up for, like, so, you know, the, the higher frequencies, it doesn't change the fact you're still recording you straight up. Exactly. And I you. don't know if that's actually legal or not. Not without a disclaimer. You have to, that kind of stuff you have to have as part and of the. And it could be in the privacy policy. Yeah. Because you know no one reads those. Yeah. yeah. So it's possible it's straight up in there and no one read that. And, yeah. Because they do that all the time. You Regardless, know. it's bad form to be doing that without putting disclaimers out there ahead of the. Oh, yeah. The books. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying, like, chances are. If, if, if their lawyers were good enough, it would be in the privacy policy that they force you to click that box on. Just, you know, this is part of the reason why I don't believe in the all digital video game future. Right. Because every single e- end user license agreement, EULA, says that this is a license that we reserve the right to revoke at any time. And while the same thing applies to physical copies, they'd have to physically come up to my house and take it away from me. While with digital, they can just PT it and just take it off the store. And if I somehow lose my data I can't re-download it even though I paid real money for it right you know so that's the kind of thing where it's this fine print that people don't read but it holds up in court because you're forced to click it saying you read it right so that's your fault for not reading it you know yeah I mean it's still scummy but that's just how it is well as far as scummy things goes I I was expecting a lot worse with the title like the spying on fans. Yeah, I know. I was expecting something like that, and then, of course, in tandem with all the uh, coin mining that's been going on. Yeah, that, exactly. It's like, well, like this is just poor for the course when it comes to uh, trying to sell you crap. Let's be real here. This is just poor for the course. Yeah, right. it's advertising. Advertisements do this all the time. Advertising agencies and marketing guys do this all the time. But it is one of those things that's interesting when people hear about it. Yeah, you know? I think it's just getting blown out of proportions because it's the Golden State Warriors who are the current NBA champions, the biggest uh, um, team in basketball when it comes to the general audience. And so. let's just be real, it's a massive cash cow. Yep. Yeah, so. I mean, they're going to milk it for all it's worth because until Steph Curry and Klay Thompson showed up, the Warriors were trash. Sorry, we we believe warriors. It's true, dude. They know it. They don't even even their Why fans else know are it. They we believe. Touché. So it's like, of course, they're gonna milk it for all it's worth because they don't know how long they're gonna have this. They may be in Golden State. They may be San Francisco and Oakland, but you know, fame is fleeting. Unless you're the Lakers or the Celtics. And not just that. Let's just be real. Unless you're getting the mega bucks, you don't want that contract. I mean, you can get. Something that on paper is less, but in, in practice is more. It's somewhere like a San Antonio. That's just the way that the city economics work. Yeah. Anything else? I swear there was something else I wanted to bring up, but I saw it like a couple of days ago, and I don't remember it, and I don't think I'm going to find it again. What was it related to? It was like outside the league. I'm trying to figure out if there was a... Houston Rockets thing or a Golden State thing or a Spurs thing. I'm trying to remember. I feel like we've had this conversation before. We have. 
because I don't remember to write these things down to talk about them. So because of that, I forget about them. And then when I want to talk about them, I know there was something I wanted to talk about, but not what it actually was. Mm-hmm. Well, in the meantime, why don't we talk about uh, the upcoming Spurs Dallas game featuring yeah, Latona Tony Parker? Let's do a quick preview on it. We're going to win. <laughs> the end. Yeah, no, that, that, that's literally it. I mean... Tony coming back is the big main event here because we all know Dallas is in the rebuild. It'll be an easy win in theory. It's just a matter of how's Tony looking. And that's really what we're wanting to gauge. Is this going to be an easy victory or is this going to be an easy, you know, curb stomp? Yeah. Le- Again, it's really more of a let's see how Tony is doing, like coming back into it. Is he going to be. Starting out coming into it on fire. Is he going to need some work? Is he going to look like that he's missed a step? God forbidding. forbidding. It'll just, you know, be one of those things that we'll really be watching. My real question is, how many people are going to be, uh... Oh, I just realized this is an NBA TV game, right? Yes. Oh. They picked the best game from the Batonti because it's on technically Very national good. TV. Uh, looks like someone's going to be happy about that move. That and that someone is the league. Okay, so I remember two things I wanted to talk about. Um, one of them is outside the league, and one of them is inside the Spurs. I mean, one of them is outside the Spurs, and one's in. So we'll talk about the outs- the, the rest yeah. of the league stuff since we're on that topic. Um, remember when the Orlando Magic used to be good? Really? They dropped down. Yeah, they were like super low. They're like eight and twelve or something. Man, Ouch. what happened? Their actual skill level caught up to them. So basically, it's like we said, you're starting the season earlier. So you're basically just saying, oh yeah, these games that are traditionally preseason, well now they're in the season. Good luck. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, they're not terrible. They can still make it back up, but you know, it's just one of those things that shows that this is a long season. Anything can happen, you know? Um, but that's not the main reason why I bring them up. I bring them up because I thought that was interesting, but it reminded me of what I actually wanted to talk about with them, which is something I laughed because I didn't notice it till we watched their game. And I don't even remember if we talked about this last time we played the the Magic. You know how everyone's got those patches on their jerseys? Yeah. Do you know who Orlando's is? I do, actually. Disney. I laugh at that so much because there's a lot of Magic fans who hate the association with Disney because that's all anyone ever thinks of Orlando about. Right, and this is like one more reminder. No, really, everyone knows what this town is built on. I just laugh at that because it's just, you know, they're called the Magic because of that. Exactly. It's like, what? Did you really expect anyone else to be the sponsor? It's just, you know, there's one of those things I chuckled at, and I wanted to bring it up because I've been meaning to bring it up forever, but I never found a good reason to until now. Um, yeah, and then the second thing was we made the joke earlier, but honestly, our NBA Spurs is trying to meme Kyle Anderson into the MVP race. Oh, my God. Not actually. I don't think anyone's legitimately trying to do it, but it's become the joke that because he's actually playing super well in Kawhi's absence, the joke is, we don't need Kawhi. We've got MVP Kyle Anderson. Embrace the slow-mo. Sure. Oh, I just find it interesting because I've been a fan of his since he started playing here in in San Antonio. I've been really looking forward to seeing him grow and, you know, just seeing him improve so seeing him actually do this well mm-hmm. has been 
a very fun experience for me. I know you can go back and listen to the older episodes, and you'll just hear me gush about him because I do love his skill set and what he does and what he brings to the table. And I'm just glad that he's not going to become obsolete because that was one of the big fears a lot of us had was that he would just not make his potential happen. So it would just be like, why is he even on the team? But, you know, seeing him pull it out and doing it consistently has been really, really fulfilling mm-hmm. to watch, you know? Yeah. And then one last thing, um, Grim Forbes. Uh, someone actually asked Greg Popovich what he thinks of Grim Forbes, and Popovich gave him some really nice compliments, man. Really now? Yeah, he said that he was impressed by Bryn Forbes and that Bryn Forbes is earning all the minutes they're giving him. Well, that's that's good that Pop feels that way about him. Yeah, I think Pop sees Forbes as one of those players that, he again, he's very young, just like uh, DeJounte. And I think Pop likes that they're working hard and trying to get into the rotation so that even if they don't make it to the final rotation during the playoffs... He, I think Pop really likes that they're working hard and that they're developing nicely because they're the future of the team. I mean, they're, they're, they're 21, 22. They were all age CJ. So they're the future of the team. They are going to be, if they develop properly and they stick together, with, they are going to probably be the guys we are talking about in five years running the team. Right. I don't want to... Requires 30. Right. With, 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 when it comes to Greg Popovich, I don't like just paraphrasing. I like using his actual words. So here's what Popovich actually said. Uh, this is from, you know, News for San Antonio. So for all you locals out there, you know where it is. And I quote, He's getting better. He's just getting better all the time. He's getting more comfortable and starting to feel like he belongs. And that's really important with a young player. So I'm pleased with his performance most of the time. Because, you know, Pop is never completely pleased. Never, no. Well, he'll never be truly pleased until you get a trophy, and then he won't be pleased again because we've got to do it all over again next year. Yep. Now, I know we've been kind of down on uh, DeJounte Murray a bit because, you know, he's he's young and he's showing mm-hmm. some of that. But I want to bring up this interesting tweet from uh, one of the main Spurs beat riders. He's not starting, avoiding the spotlight, Studying, wanting to get better. DeJounte Murray is unfazed and still wants the challenge of becoming great. And then he has this quote from DeJounte himself. I know I'm going to fall, but that's how you get back up and bounce back. We spoke on it. So, yeah. Uh, DeJounte is seriously, you know, he, we say this all the time, but he's seriously the future. He's got that drive yeah, and that. No, for sure. He's he's next in line if this continues. And I'm, I'm you know, I just, I love seeing that in a kid. Like that, I I know he's our age, or maybe you're younger, but still, because I mean, let's be honest, TJ, we're in that like post millennial, not quite Gen Z, but kind of yeah, that fringe yeah, group, that weird little transition area. So because of that, we we see a lot of the. Uh, I hate burying the millennials because they get so much garbage thrown onto them when it comes to this kind of thing, but. You know, we've seen some people who totally fit that stereotype. You know, yeah. I hate saying it because but stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason. Even if they aren't true all the time, they were true at one time. Otherwise, they wouldn't be a stereotype. Yeah. Even if they're not true at all now, it you're right. And when it comes to the millennial stereotype, we have seen people very recently who fit that stereotype of being kind of lazy and not really... 
wanting to work for. Yeah, so so to see a younger guy who really has that, especially in you know pro sports today. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because everyone's all like, you know, I've got my money, I've got my contract, and you know that's fine. I'm not saying you can't do that. It's a job, you know. You can approach a job any way you want, but it always feels better, especially in sports, when you see someone who truly wants to get at, who wants to give their 110 percent, mm-hmm. and wants to give it their, their and all. And the thing is that he's such a unique personality as well because he does fit into the Spurs system much like Kawhi did before in terms of just taking it seriously and being willing to grow and be molded into into a better player. Yeah, but he also kind of has a little bit of that flashiness, like Tony Porker. So, yeah. I, so I feel like the best way to describe Dejounte is if you take like a little bit of the flash of Tony Porker with the work work ethic of Kawhi, and like combine them, and then add in a little bit of you know that thing that makes Dejounte that makes Dejounte Dejounte. So the derp tattoo. Yes, the dope tattoo. But what I mean is, because everyone, even if they have influences, even if they have people that you can compare to, everyone, there's always that little thing, little something that makes them that, that makes them unique. I don't really know what it is about Dejounte that makes him unique, but I know that there's something there, and that's what makes him special. It's it's those intangibles, really. You know? Yeah. If I had to compare him to one previous Spur player in terms of like personality and, uh, you know, projected skill level. I would probably go with George Gervin. He may not have the shooting ability of George Gervin, but George George was humble, but he was flashy. You know? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that comparison. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with being humble and flashy. I mean, have you seen some of David Robinson's dunks? <laughs> Legendary. <laughs> you know, it's less. It's just like, so if, if I had to give a slot of that combination of humbleness and flashiness and just personality, I would I would say George Gervin, you know? Let's just hope that he grows into that and fills shoes like that. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, is there anything else that you think we guys good? No, I think I'm good on my end. Yeah, I think we've talked about pretty much everything we wanted to talk about this week or this session. All right. So I guess that's the end. Um, Any last words, guys? Go Spurs go. Go Spurs go. And remember, Pal Gasol, you're big. You know how to play. Take care.